The Sydney Opera House acknowledges the Gadigal people, traditional custodians of Jubagali, the land on which the Opera House stands. We honour the long Gadigal history of gathering and storytelling and acknowledge the strength and resilience of First Nations people and communities past and present. Welcome to Ideas at the House, a podcast featuring talks and ideas from the Sydney Opera House. For too long, women were in pursuit of being the girl boss, the woman who could do it all, and we leaned in so far that we fell over. We got the relentlessly demanding job and the side hustle that swallowed our downtime and a phone that never stops pinging. Is burnout the only path to modern career success? Will all the girl bossing in the world win a pay rise for those women stuck in the underpaid and undervalued care economy? And can Gen Z remake the game for the better? Flex Mami, Jamila Risby and host Jan Fran sat down at All About Women 2023 to discuss how the next generation of feminists are putting the girl boss mentality and burnout to bed and to see if they can remake the game for the better. This talk was recorded live at the Sydney Opera House in March 2023. Hey, hey, hey! Don't you guys look like a good-looking crowd? No, I can't see you. That's just something that I say to warm people up. I can't see any faces out there, but I'm going to assume it. Uh, I'm Jan. I'm going to be the moderator for this session. It's such a great pleasure to be here speaking about the end of the girl boss, question mark. Um, if you're a fan of the girl boss, that's great. If you're not a fan of the girl boss, also great. Um, he's a very a slightly dumb story. I'm just going to tell you it because it happened yesterday. Does anyone remember that show Rugrats? Yes, okay. I was terrified of asking that question because I might appear 1,000 years old, but you get it. Uh, the only reason I'm thinking about it is because yesterday I happened to glance it on the TV. It, it was just there. And I had this thought that the one character in that show that I was most attracted to, and I watched this as a kid, the one character in the show that I was most attracted to was the ultimate girl boss, Charlotte Pickles. Anyone remember Charlotte Pickles? I'm th- yeah, she was very suit-clad. She had a snatched pony. She was faxing from the bathroom. You know, she was this real kind of like woman in a man's world. Go, she was always talking on this really big phone. And I remember thinking, that's, that's, that's who I want to be, right? And so I think throughout time, really, a lot of us have been attracted to this sort of archetype of women who make it in men's worlds, who are confident, who are out there, who are, appear like they've got it all, you know, they're managing really, really well. And every so often a new type of archetype emerges. And in the 2010s, that was the girl boss, right? That was the Sheryl Sandberg lean in, uh, that was the monochrome pants suit, the very Instagrammable events, lots of pink, inexplicably. Uh, And for the last decade, that's the archetype that sort of dominated the culture a little bit. Um, The girl boss, I think, was there principally to, you know, thrive in a man's world, but this is crucial, to uplift other women. That was part of the sale, right, of the girl boss. Um, And over time, that's slightly disintegrated. And the girl boss was sort of revealed for perhaps what she always was, which is a white, middle-class Uh, educated woman that didn't particularly want to change the system because actually she benefited quite a fair bit from the system. 
there was one tweet that I saw about girlboss culture uh, that said, girlboss culture is like, there's so much wrong with our society. Why is it that only men get to exploit the labour of the working class? Uh, So that's a very good question. And one of the many questions that I'm going to be putting to our two panellists today. So if you could join me in giving the warmest of welcomes, Jamila Rizvi and Flex Mommy. Welcome, welcome. I think I think we should just start out by defining what what we're talking about here. So when when you think girl boss, what what is it that you think of? Well, you're never supposed to reference what you talk about backstage, but we were talking backstage. I think we have all have quite different concepts of what it is. I think mine is somewhat sim- similar to yours, Jan. It's this kind of vision of the ultimate millennial woman um, wearing a lot of pink. And she's working in her office, and then she goes home and she does her side hustle, and she's got a jewellery shop on Etsy. And she's also going to the gym, because she always makes time to work out every day, and she's always got a water bottle with her, and she's, like, got a team. She's hydrated. She's so hydrated, and she always wears heels, and she always looks fabulous, and uh, this sort of sense of... Uh, I can give my everything to my work because that is who I am. I'm amazing at it. The purpose of the work means less. But, like, I grew up on Spice Girls, girl power. I had the deodorant, and now I'm that grown up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are you there too? Is that Archetypally, I think that's the girl boss archetype, but I kind of thought it was a bit... Um, I just don't interact with that kind of girl boss. The the girl bosses I know are like the quirky girl boss. It's like, oh, I'm a producer and I make music and I have employed 20 people. That's my girl boss in my head, which is why we like these cross-conversational, cross-generational conversations because I'm like, yeah, uh, that to me is so outdated. I thought it was almost obsolete in practice. Are you Mm. saying the girl boss is choosy? Archaic. (laughs) No, I would never. I would never say that. Um, I don't. Look, I just think, you know, when I agreed to do this, I was like, I want to be careful with how I come across because what I said backstage, I know we keep talking about it, but it was a lot happening there. But I just think it's a little bit ironic for the beneficiaries of Girl Bossery to be like, is it done after we have reaped and sowed? Like, are we done with it? (laughs) Uh, And I'm just like, not, because I know that, like I said before, I feel as though so many people weren't even on the periphery of that conversation, couldn't even outstretch their hands and touch the remnants, the crumbs of what the the peak girl bosses had left them. And now we're kind of like, let's just shut down the chit chat. Let's not audit it. Let's not revise it. Let's not, you know, accept accountability and recognize that that rampant individualism isn't the, the solution. Let's just not. Ah, just to, just to push back on that slightly, because I don't think that it is was necessarily the beneficiaries of Goebbels culture who were like, cool, I'm done, see ya. Mm. I think it was people who actually noticed that there was quite a lot of sus things happening, like worker exploitation, mm. like, uh, you know, the workplace culture not living up to these messages of, like, girl power and solidarity yeah, and I whatnot. I thought we cancelled the girl That, that was mm. cancelled and not necessarily by those who were benefiting from the system, but principally by those who recognised the system system, maybe want 
wanted to be part of it, mm. but were certainly not beneficiaries yeah. themselves. Yeah. And I think we saw more of... I'm going to use the States as the example because lest we offend anyone in the room, um, hoping no one has just quickly arrived from having worked at the wing or something. Oh. But, like... Is anyone here American? (laughs) Because you need to leave now. (laughs) Okay? But I think Sheryl Sandberg typified it, right? You had that kind of... That that if you just lean in enough girls Mm. that had a real victim-blaming kind of feel to it, like the problem with women is that women aren't leaning in enough. They're Mm -hmm. preparing to have families and babies and raise the next generation. Don't do that. Work as hard as you can and have three things on the side and, you know, work till you drop, and that's how you'll get ahead. And you can rest when you're dead kind of thing. Yeah. And then we had those sort of millennial girl boss companies that we created, some of, like, the Nasty Gals and the Wing and there's a few others, uh, that got so big and then there were these sort of tell-all interviews from employees who went, actually, it wasn't great. wasn't great working there. I was screamed at and shouted at, and that super feminist girl bossy culture was actually awful. What, what, do, you, what do you think gave rise to that culture? Because I remember when the Sheryl Sandberg book came out, which was, I think, in 2013, and it was like, oh, okay, this is, may, this is maybe interesting. Sheryl Sandberg, she's like the, you know, CFO or CEO of Facebook, and at the time, Facebook wasn't like the devil. Um, So, you know, it was like, it was new and emerging and interesting and and there was a lot of, like, optimism attached to that, right? So what what do you think gave rise to this idea of the girl boss, as as we've defined it to be? Well... I was pausing mm, for you. No. Oh, <laughs> should, should, do you want it? Should I? Shoot. Sure. You. Do you know, I don't want to be that person who's like, with the rise of social media, we notice. But I was, I, I was <laughs> going to say social media too. I was like, I think it was more so like this maybe ambiguous uh, gap between us and other, like us and celebrity, us and, you know, person who at one point we would never touch, talk to or experience. Now we're interacting with them in real time and now they're selling us these narratives of, like, relevancy and I'm just like you, but I just had a great go. And you're like, well, if they're just like me, well, hold on a second. Perhaps I have agency. Mm. Perhaps I too can do things that they do. And I also think it was too many different conversations happening at once with no moderator to be like no one with agency is separate to girl boss capitalism but for the sake of brevity let's just put them in one yeah exactly with social media we all became a brand right like it was I mean, suddenly like we what all, am I, well, but, then it was but I think it, that's what it felt like I felt like what you know you'd meet someone in real life who was your mate and you'd have your conversation and you're sort of like oh you're not that's not what I saw on the gram because it was so curated and so beautiful and highlights real only and so glossy and contemporary and I think we kind of believed that bit a little bit I also think at a more structural level we had women breaking into the top of organizations in numbers greater than one Mm. I think by Mm. the noughties you know through the sort of 80s 80s and 90s yeah we're still sub 10 just FYI but yeah Mm -hmm. in the 80s and 90s we were letting like one through and perhaps she was the woman on the giant mobile phone right it was Charlotte Pickles and and by the the noughties it was like okay hold on there's more than one so we can surely we can all girl boss then we can all be that even though that was still so narrowly defined and then I think we live in a very patriarchal system that says, well, ladies, if you want to get there, you're going to have to do these things over here, as opposed to saying, 
We had a structure and a system that was stupid and didn't let you get anywhere near the top. Yeah, but we did buy into it. Like, if you look at all of the uh, women who espouse this sort of girl boss culture, particularly online, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers, speaking gigs here, businesses here, you know, investment capital here. So we bought into it as individuals and we bought into it as a society. And I... I don't know, maybe because, like, there is eternally, like, a cynical gnome that just lives inside me permanently. (laughs) But every time I would see these posts, I'm just like, something sus, it's too glossy, it's too perfect, something's going on. But why do you think that, that we did buy into it in the way that we did? What was the attractiveness of it? Was it that you could do this too? Was it selling you something? Well, I think from my perspective, right, you you don't realise how far you are from the thing until you recognise it like, oh, wait, these conversations are happening and I didn't even know they were happening. And so suddenly on a, on a grand stage, it's like, damn, chicks are really doing stuff mm. and not just like the chicks who were doing stuff before. This is like a fresh new batch and maybe I could be part of that fresh new batch. I will say, though, I feel like... I don't want to take it back to HSC 2012 belonging, but <laughs> I don't want to do that today. I don't. But there is something to say about feeling as though you can be a part of something. Yeah. And back then it was elusive. It wasn't just like the Sophia Amoruso, like right, starting right. e-commerce brand. It was just generally you could potentially emancipate yourself using these same tactics that men would mm but in a way that women would. And I feel like at that point, we're like, but we're different. We could bring a certain sense of empathy. We could bring a certain sense of something else. And you realise that like, the structures and powers in place, you on your own can't fight them. And so you go there you know, with your high horse, chest puffed up, being like, I'm going to change the game. And then they say, well, in order to do that, you need to play the game. And you're like... So by play, do you mean, is there, is there a pay rise involved in something? Like, maybe it's not that bad at all. And, and then eventually when you start to reap the benefits, you're like, well, I couldn't do it on my own. I can't, like, dismantle the system on my own. I need support. So I'll wait until more girl bosses come and then we could do it together. But until then, I'm just going to stay right here. Make a bat, get a check. Yeah, yeah. It was this sort of like, okay, I'm going to change the game. And then it was like, oh, no, the game's quite good, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. We could do it together later on. I reckon I, reckon <laughs> I might keep the game. Yeah. I think there was a pathway. Mm. That, that was the clear pathway to, you know, I think, for, I think we were that sort of millennial, I'm being very generous to myself and Jan uh, by grouping us all together. Um, I think that was the pathway that we were shown, right? Like, this is, this is like, the new pathway of feminist success. Yeah. And yet it wasn't collective and it wasn't inclusive. And I 100% drank... I was going to say the Kool-Aid, but, like, I don't know, the kombucha or the herbal tea. About, I absolutely drank it. When we yeah, said we yeah, all fell yeah. for it, we didn't. I have tons of friends who don't buy into the girl boss narrative, never did. Yeah. So it wasn't we all fell into it. There was a certain couple of us with a few screws who were like, wait, this is a bit of me. And now I think that is reconciling those incompatible belief systems. It's like, how did we get here? Let's talk about that. I was saying before, I don't think we're ready to to bypass the conversation and go to, like, this is the ideal. Because I don't even think we know how we really got here. And I still think that we're using our same, like, millennial-coded, patriarchally-coded brains to navigate out of it. Went from one extreme to the other. Okay, so... Let's not do hyper-individualist globalists. Let's do collectivism. And it's like, okay, but you're still going to use your hyper-individual brain to get to collectivism in your hyper-individual way. 
So and that was so, the fundamental issue with well, girl busting to begin with, that you felt like you were a part of community, but then everything that was inspiring you was like, do it on your own, though, as one of girl boss. Okay, so you, I know we were talking about, you know, this idea of, like, auditing the girl boss. Like, it, it sort of started to falter a little bit, started to go awry, and we need to kind of look back and go, okay, what happened there? Mm. Why did it happen? How did it happen? Who was left out? Who was brought in? What happens now, right? So when you think of... So let's... Let, I mean, let's do that. That's what this session is doing, right? Let's so, do that. Hello. <laughs> um, but but when, when you think of the girl boss faltering, right? Like, when that axis turns... What, what was it that led... What were some of the conditions that led to that happening? What changed? What? I think, I think oh. we tried to do yeah. something different in a system that was built for purpose. So you had a system that was built by men for men to succeed, right? And I'm sure we don't need to unpack that for this audience. Um, but a system, you know, let's take one example, right? We've been talking about superannuation in the news lately. Superannuation mm. is built on the assumption that a man will marry a woman. She will take a lot of time out of the workforce, but they'll stay together forever and he'll look after her in retirement with his superannuation. Mm. Now, for the vast majority of people, that doesn't happen. So what about the rest of us, right? So all of these systems and structures are set up for men to succeed, particularly white cis men to succeed. And we went... If we can, we just got a door opened here into the system, woohoo, they're letting us in. And we went, yeah, yeah, so we'll just do it the same way. But it's not built for purpose, it was built for someone else. Mm-hmm. So it was never going to work. So what needs to change? I don't think that it was never going to work. I think we're at the infancy of a concept that we're realising doesn't work. And we're not being like, what could be different? Look, I feel as though, again, the system was built, built for purpose. Mm. But I think what also happened is that we started to herald all of these women in these positions as being superhuman. Like, you couldn't possibly want to exist in this landscape for your own self-betterment because you're a chick. And chicks love to, like, be inclusive in all of these things. I don't think as, like... The, maybe like the audience of said girl boss, we also uplifted the narrative. We're like, oh my goodness, you're not just running a company, you are creating spaces for other women too. As opposed to just calling a spade a spade. Someone was trying to get their bag and somebody wasn't and then we were like, no, 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 she has to do all things. I will say the downfall of the we girl... Did, we didn't create that. We that, didn't create that, The, the no. girl boss did. That was yes. intrinsic to what it meant to be a girl boss. It's like, I'm doing this for my sisters and that yeah. was part of the attraction mm-hmm. for a lot of people because it's like, oh, this, is, this appears to be a collectivist space where actually it's about all of us yeah. and it's about us being uplifted by this person yeah. who is doing the work to get their bag yes. but also to uplift everybody else and that turned out out to yes. be patently un- untrue. But back to all of us, though, because if we take it back to, like, the man repeller, the wing phase, all of us was your fellow white woman. With money. You know, with money. With money. You know, it wasn't all of us. And these mm. conversations, like, still centre around, like, these white women with money who were able to exist in a similar field and not be seen as, as much of an other as they were. Mm. They were like, no, it's, we're in this together. You know, I'm a big dog, you're a big dog, we're both beasts in this corporate game. And it's like, no, you're actually an other. But while you didn't realise you were being othered, you were othering the rest of us. And that's what happened. This, mm. I think we can't, like, collectivism sounds cool, but I think we need to, like, sometimes, like, in 2023, collectivism sometimes sounds like I don't see colour. Like, 
let's think about why we are so divided. Let's think about why somebody in West Africa, when she talks about emancipation, it's not through, I need to go get a corporate job, etc. It's far more simple. I think we're trying to find the most like academically complex philosophical way to approach a problem that is fundamentally contradictory. Because mm. I think like the issue with the girl boss fundamentally is like you didn't want to hear someone say, I'm here to make some money. I don't really care who it affects in the meantime. You weren't ready for that conversation. You were like, no, but it, like, say it nicer. Like, don't say it like that. <laughs> Ooh, you know? Yeah, I mean, we probably were, we weren't ready for the, you know, reiteration of that conversation, but that's a conversation we've been hearing forever, which, yeah. is, which is what, you know, men have said. It's like, cool, I'm here to make money and I don't really give, you know, I don't yeah. care who it affects, sort of, you know, in terms, like, I, th- I think, you know, uh, Parliament, for example, mm-hmm. and our previous government sort of saying, oh, well, you know, a previous Prime Minister, oh, I want women to rise, but not at the expense of men, right? Like, I'm going to do my thing. I don't, I'm not really too concerned Ooh. with who it and, affects And he's not point. a man that's thinking about, like, beyond the gender binary, right? When he says mm. not at the, expense of the, uh, at the expense of men, like, whose expense are we rising at? Yeah. Then? I'm so yeah. sorry I brought him up. Let us move on. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Um, okay, so you, you said something interesting, Flex. You said Thank that, you. like... Well it, done. It, <laughs> did I say something interesting? You said something interesting as well. <laughs> You both said something interesting. Wow. Should I leave this now? Is, this is an egalitarian. The there's no hierarchy here. Now I have to. Okay, let's start with something interesting that she said for one second. Because it's like, okay, the cogs are slightly turning. Where you said, you know, I, you don't necessarily think that the girl boss uh, ideal is over, but rather that it was. Uh, it, it, it was the infancy of a concept that doesn't work or yes. that didn't work, right? So that there, so there's potential. When I, when I hear the word infancy, what that says is like, okay, we're in the sort of starting stages. There's potential We're developing here. motor skills. We're developing... Where do those skills go? Mm. What is the potential that you see that maybe I don't see as clearly as you? The potential I see is to... I don't see it happening anytime soon. I'm talking like when I'm 65 and being like, you know what, that's how we should have done it. Do you know what, actually? What? Hold on. I'm having having a thought in my brain and it's not coming out. I struggle a lot with that, actually. (laughs) Abstract thinker, tangential spiderwebs. If we go back a second, I also think the the downfall of the girl boss... I don't want to bring in social media, but... No, do it, because they are inextricably linked. Height of the girl boss, height of Instagram, height of trying to communicate abstract, complex things through pretty Instagram tile. You have something important to say. Can you put it on a pink background, 1080 by 1080, four to five words, summarize it? And that was also the issue because we were like, make it make sense in a headline. Make it make sense quickly. And so you could only say so much. So the buzzwords start coming. Inclusivity, we all rise together because... I guess it was the So was part of the problem trying to have a nuanced conversation through mediums that allow for none? Yes, and I don't even think we have those mediums now. Like, where do you go on the... Where do you go to have a nuanced conversation, period? Mm. With heaps um, of the people. Opera House? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I'm saying, though? And then the people who need to hear this conversation aren't really here, and then we just go around in circles, because, again... Thank you. Did Flex say another interesting oh, no. thing? Tip a tip. She's not a one-hit wonder. Two-hit wonder. <laughs> I also, this is me attempting to be interesting. <laughs> Jump in when you can. Jump in. Okay, here we go. No pressure jam. Oh, God. <laughs> I've forgotten. 
for me, I think it's... If, the, if we're going to say the girl boss concept had some merit in it, there's a lot of pressure when you look at me like sorry, that. Sorry, sorry. Um, if we say that the concept had any merit in the first place, right, then I think it's that we set our sights on the wrong thing, right? So if the girl boss movement said gender equality looks like yes. me being at the top, yes. it means women in boardrooms, it means women CEOs, right? And I feel like I have been in so many, and we've just come off International Women's Day, right, where we have so many great conversations about the number of women on boards and the number of women CEOs in the ASX 200. And, oh, my God, what about the ASX 300? And how do we mm. stop And I... Don't get me wrong. I would, I would love to have more women CEOs and women on boards. Bring it on. But I just don't think we looked at the right level. Like, they weren't the women that needed our help, the women that were on that trajectory. The women that needed an inclusive movement and a movement that was going to properly girl boss. Yeah. Like, can we girl boss some people out of poverty? Can we yes. girl boss the single mum? Oh, we? I said something interesting. <laughs> hey! And will we? So it was almost like girl boss was like, don't rely on man to be conduit to success. Decenter man, get own success, and in the process, girl boss became man. Oh, yeah. I think that's what happened. That is what happened. No, that is it was what like happened. through decentering, a... you just like put on the costume, and you were like, "I'm not gonna <gasps> man rely face. on you." Man <laughs> face. <laughs> no, they were doing man face yeah. the whole time. When you are doing, like, when you become a caricature of yourself, and yeah. I don't know if everyone, I feel like in some capacity, you know when you become a caricature of yourself, right? You know, I'm going into a certain space, I must put on my archetype today. Today I'm a polite person. I say please, I say thank you. And when you don't take a break from the caricature, you become your own performance art. And so, I'm not as cynical, but I don't really think I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a cynical, I'm not a cynic, sorry. But I don't really think I'm an optimist in particular, but I will say that, like, you don't get a break from the performance art once you begin. You just kind of keep reiterating, reiterating, reiterating. Mm. And then it's like you have these, let's say, 10 key girl boss figures, right, who are defining how the space is moving, and millions, tens of millions of people observing and waiting and watching and critiquing and hoping and playing. And I'm just like, yes, I definitely think the girl boss spiraled out of control, but I feel like the pointing fingers is an easy way to remove responsibility and say, at one point, I platformed you, girl boss. I liked, I followed, I shared. I parroted your views. I made you accountable for how this spiraled out of control. How do we reverse it? I don't think we reverse it. We start from scratch. And we say, okay, if by definition to girl boss is to, like, to experience upward mobility through money, is there another way to get upward mobility now pray tell, do we want upward mobility? If we don't, what room do we have? But see, even then we're having this conversation that is really sits in within the managerial class, right? Because when I think of, and I was thinking about this quite a lot for International Women's Day, which like <laughs> we were discussing earlier, is increasingly becoming not my favourite day um, for many reasons. Many reasons. So I, I do like these, you know, disappear slowly backwards into a hedge mm. type things on that day, right? But, uh, but I was thinking a lot about, you know, where my discomfort with it sits. And when I think about the women that I admire hugely, and when I think about the women who, who just who, who break their 
backs. I think about the women, and it's pretty pertinent this year in 2023 to sort of, I think, to be having this conversation because we've come out of a three-year pandemic. Mm. And I think of the people who got us through the pandemic, Mm. and they were predominantly two things, women and workers. They were nurses, they were teachers, they were cleaners, they were supermarket workers, they were drivers, they were aged care workers, they were mental health workers. And they're the ones who put their bodies on the line and their, I mean, maybe it's a stretch to say their lives on the line, but not a huge stretch when you're dealing with Delta and no one's vaccinated, um, who put their families on the line and they got us through the pandemic. And the entire girl boss conversation, this upward mobility through money and getting your bag and get, it shuts that group of people out completely. Mm -hmm. And that is my main issue with it. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I think you should clap for that. Yeah. You want it to be interesting like us. Because I need to clap. So. But I think. But you know, that's. I think that's my discomfort. That's where it comes from. And the the majority, if not all, of who you just talked about, and certainly in a pandemic context, all, they are all caring professions, right? Mm. And in a pandemic, working in a supermarket and getting food to people is a caring profession because we can't go out and do it for ourselves, right? Uh, because we're being told to stay home and stay safe while you're risking your life standing wherever you might be. And I think we have always had a problem with the fact that we have undervalued the caring professions because the caring professions are majority done by women, majority doing work that we think women should do for free, looking after children and looking after old people, uh, looking after people when they're sick. And we look at it and we go, yeah... But there are women who've done that since the dawn of time and they didn't need to be paid. But you're asking to be paid? Oh, we'll pay a little bit. We'll pay a little bit. Will you take but this scraps? baker over here, who's an absolutely essential worker, his work's worth so much more. Like, I think a lot of that comes down to the way we value work. And yeah. the girl bosses were trying to do man work. And so we value it. But the idea of, like, rising to the top of the teaching industry involves being a principal and being a boss. You can't be a boss classroom teacher. Why can't we pay the best classroom teachers the most? No, they've got yeah. to be a principal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've got to be, they've got to become the principal. They've got to be managerial. Mm. They've got to yeah, run yeah, the yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's a really good point because, again, it's like nurses went on strike during the pandemic, right? It happened in various states across the country. And I remember in WA when that happened, the government put this ad in the paper that essentially said, oh, the nurses going on strike are putting people's lives at risk, you mm. know? So came out against, mm. the, against their own nurses, against the workers workers, right, and tried to essentially disparage them. Now, I can put money, wasn't there, didn't hear about it, but I would bet very strongly that the WA government had an International Women's Day breakfast, you know? There were cupcakes. There were cupcakes. (laughs) You know, there were cupcakes and platitudes and bromides Mm. about success and you can and you can and you can, but on the other side of the coin, they're going against the women, which is, you know, nursing is predominantly female-driven Uh, profession going against the women who are demanding, nay, deserving of a pay rise. There's this discrepancy that just doesn't sit right with me. Could Mm. one say if we dismantle the boss, we dismantle the girl boss? Mm. Girl boss is derivative of what was already there. Mm. This feels like we're putting a lot of blame of just the beneficiaries of already a broken system. (gasps) All right, Karl Marx. Stop, I've had enough. Okay, I've had now. Because <laughs> was that 
three? <laughs> Is this what we're doing? We're doing a reading of Das Kapital over yeah. here? Because if you really think about it. <laughs> Okay. Hey, somehow we've we've just we've talked we've talked we've yeah. done our talking because we've got about twenty <laughs> minutes left. I don't know how that happened because I I do I do want to go into just uh, where where do we see it going from here? What? Let me just ask that one question and then we're going to come to your questions via the app over here. So, in the moving on, moving forward in the next weeks and months and years and decades, what is the ideal that this can um, reform itself into? Or is it something that needs to be scrapped and we start from scratch? When you say, where are we going? My brain goes to a tragic place. Yeah. And then you said, and then you said the ideal. And I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> tell you the ideal. We're like the Shakespearean tragedy. I don't know if we were like, <laughs> yeah. ideal. I don't know. It's I all about how you... of labour. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I suppose my... My worry is that I think we have put, we've done a, to kind of quote the Annabelle Crabb line, we've done an enormously good job of getting women into workplaces and we've done an enormously bad job of getting men out. Um, And I'm not, I'm not saying sack all the men, but that would be okay. You were saying. You can say that here. But but you, 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 you... Things are not going to improve for women who are doing the unpaid work at home and the paid work at work until there are more men doing unpaid work at home. Yeah. And not just the fun bits. Not just the fun bits. And I suppose where I struggle there is I kind of go logically, okay, so what do I need to do? Do do we need to celebrate men in order to get them there? Because that leads to the people. Oh, who, I heard a grumble. I know. It was like a, it was an undercurrent. Because that. But do you celebrate the men who lead the way in that realm, the way we celebrated the first women that went into workplaces? Because that leads to the people telling me how lucky I am because my husband picked my kid up from basketball. Yeah. And you know, I've been away from. Uh, I live in Melbourne. I've been away from home for a few days. The number of people who've said to me, "Where's Ruffy?" Mm. Like with his other parents, yeah. like being He's very ably looked after, and then they go. You're so lucky. Yeah. And like, can I tell you what I say? I think I I married well, but like, come on. Can I tell you what I say when people ask me that question? Like, oh, because I had a baby recently and, you know, people are like, oh, where's your baby? And I'm like, "Ah." (laughs) I don't know. Where is that baby? (laughs) (laughs) We are very unserious people. That is not true. There's light and shade up here. There's light and shade, baby. That's how we like it. But I I wonder how you get to that next bit. I don't know how, Mm -hmm. because unfortunately, you're going to have to make not working all the time desirable. And Mm. I'm not sure how you do that. Respected, not just desirable. Respected. Mm. That's interesting. Next topic. I was just like the cogs. I was like, hmm. Okay, the cogs are turning. And it's like we bring back Sunday mass. Yeah, it's like <laughs> oh, that won't because work. who do that we respect, work. and then why do we respect yeah. them? Mm. And then I'm always really conscious of you know. Um, last year, I decided I don't want to be optimal. I felt like, you know, you, you do self-development pipeline. You're like, I could be my best self. Mm, no, not really. You could be better, but probably the search for, like, optim... Op, mm, what's the... What's the other word? Anyway, the search to be optimal is just, like, futile. It's not going to happen for you. Or, well, like, perfectionism. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not just all right with being kind of okay. But then it's, like, the undoing and the, de- the deprogramming that needs to happen consciously, actively, daily... Mm. I don't know if people have it like that. And I think especially if you then go to 
minority groups of women mm-hmm. because the expectation, oh, the bar is so much higher mm-hmm. if you want to be considered in the club, equal, optimal, yeah. perfect. And I think the pressure we put on uh, young Asian women, young women from the subcontinent, young African women to be twice as good as everyone else yeah. in order to be let in the door. Mm. I, I, I even undoing... shortcuts. I'm like, come over here for a second. Yeah. Briefly, and then we'll go back. But just I, come over for a second. I, I don't know how you un- undo that. I don't know how you tell that young woman who's 18, straight out of school, <laughs> who has big dreams, I need you to just chill out a bit more yeah. and yeah. not push so hard, not try and be perfect. Because she knows what she has to do. Maybe the issue is the broader conversation. Because it's, it's never been a broad conversation. It's actually been quite specific. A like, narrow, a narrow, narrow. Well, this is what I'm saying about it being insular. very um, tied to the managerial class. Mm. And I do wonder whether, you know, because you, you do, you've got race and you've got class and you've got all these other kind of like groupings of identity. I wonder if it's actually more pertinent to look at it in terms of class because women of colour who are mm. educated mm-hmm. and who are middle class and who have a greater access to, you know, um, wealth or buy-in via money and power mm. than what a woman of colour who maybe does not have a tertiary education maybe has is a recent immigrant to Australia, for example, doesn't have the um, language skills just yet to be able to break into all that. Yeah. There's all sorts of barriers. Yeah. And I think it, as Australia has gotten better, not good, better mm. at having some of those conversations. I think one of the ones we don't have is class because we like to think we are egalitarian, happy-go-lucky, everyone's welcome, we're not like the British, we don't do that hierarchical class thing. When we, it, we, It's deeply embedded in the way we live. Yeah, yeah. All right, we've, we've, we've just hit 20 minutes, so I'm, I want to make sure that I get most of your questions in. So here's a question from Anonymous. Thank you, Anonymous. What about girl rest? Capital letters. Why are we breaking our backs, burning out in the name of hustle and productivity when pale, stale males are being rewarded for being mediocre? <laughs> okay, Anonymous. But it's obvious why. You know, why do we have to? You know why. Why? You know why. It's like, yes, sure, opt out. And then that's exactly what you do. You opt out. It's like, I feel like sometimes we, we recognise the game is being played. We don't, know, we don't know the rules. We're like, oh, this is so interesting. As I was observing and critiquing the same system I'm now a part of, why must I align with the greater thought? And it's like, but you know why. You know what's happening. I feel like... I will say I'm a big fan of girl rest, and it's so radical, but I feel like I'm doing it in a girl bossy way, everyone, where it's like, can I rest the best? Can I rest, can I rest in the most disruptive, radical way? You know? I'm going to rest so fucking hard. Let me turn down a big check for rest, everyone. And, and it gets to that point where I'm like, but then we're still here. We're still here. So you think the incentive to just make money by working is something that keeps people on that treadmill? I just think, like Paolo Coelho said, suffering is inevitable. I just think either way, pick, pick one. What? Pick one, but I just think that, I mean... But what, even in, inherent in what you just said, right, like you are, and you are the boss of rest, congratulations. Thank you. Um, you... You had the option on whatever occasion to say no to the metaphorical big check and say, yeah. you know what, no, my time means more, which is amazing. I would but like I had everyone to, girl to boss be there. to get that big check. You and had I to had be to there in the first place. You talk about, like, 
you talk about women who are working class or women who are trying to make ends meet when, you know, buying breakfast costs $10 bazillion now and you go to the supermarket and every time you check out, you're like, how did it cost 30% more than it did last mm-hmm. week? I don't understand. That's not about girl bossing and leaning in. That's mm-hmm. just like, I've got to make ends meet. Right. And you can't yeah. tell her, well, you should have some more rest. Yes. Please. That's not an option. She's like, I couldn't eat today. You're like, what about girl rest? <laughs> and you're yeah. like, why don't you just not eat and just sleep it off? <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's tricky, though, because I do think that there does need to be like a bit of a collective conversation about the impacts of girl bossing, but in a serious way. Like, I did not know. So, like, is it overshare? No, we don't overshare. But I was going to therapy, right? And then my therapist was like, do you feel anxiety? Because you live in like a high-stress environment. And I was like, no, I don't really think so. And he was like, you don't feel anxiety. And I was like, no. And then I told him I had nightmares every night. And he was like, so that's, <laughs> that's where it's manifesting. But he was like, and this is like a 60-year-old white guy. Right? No, maybe like a 75-year-old white guy. So he's like, kind of like, you make money from the internet. This is crazy. But he was like, why don't you just stop? Why don't you just opt out? I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm not going to. So what is the next step? Right. And I feel like that is what we need to be talking about. Right, 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 right. For most of us who are girl boss to post-girl boss, like ironic girl boss, you know you don't want to opt out. So now what? Right, right. Yep. I, I heard the murmurs. I heard the yeah. Okay. Hang yeah. on. Let's, let's, let's go to another question while we've got some, some time. Um, okay, 28 likes on this one. Uh, there's this Gen Z idea of the cool girl uh, who's effortlessly successful. Is that not insidious in its own way, even if some of the behaviours are healthier? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like, is that a new archetype? Is that, is that a continuation of a girl boss that's emerged, that's repackaged differently perhaps? It's girl boss pilled for sure. It's girl boss core packaged as unironic anti-girl boss core. <laughs> <laughs> and you know exactly what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Why? Thing. Why? 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 Unpack that. Because I get that. I, I'm like, yeah, I'm with. I'm. I, I'm. I'm with you. Don't know why, but I am. Because, because it's annoying. <laughs> look, I mean, look. I, I was the kid at school who tried really hard. Mm. Like, I, and that was very not cool. But I, I am I not I, surprised by that. I tried all. hard to. Be, I tried hard to be cool. Mm. Didn't work. Tried harder. I, but I would try hard at every element of school. The social bit, the hard bit, the work bit, the whatever bit. And there was always that kid that would like swan in and be like, yeah, I didn't study. But I still, I still, still got 100. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, okay, how do I be that? How do I do that? And the truth was, I reckon she was studying. She was, yeah. doing, she was doing something. Please tell me you were doing something. But I feel like I feel like that's the new package, that effortless right, right, thing, right. where you look at it and you're like, "How is it so easy?" And I think if it's a curated easy curation, is work. So this, there is effort going on. Yeah, is it just a pendulum swing. You know how we have like. Uh, archetypal 50s housewives who are like, this is just my vocation and it's so simple to me. Then you have like 2023 trad wives who are like, I try hard every day to be the woman my man needs or whatever. And you're kind of like, it just, we're just swinging. We're having the same conversation but recognising that at different points, different verbiage is required to get the point across. I, I don't think, sometimes I don't think the words matter. Like people just say stuff. 
And so even the even the, the chill, cool girl, like, I don't even work hard. I'm like, you're just saying stuff. And even in this performance, <laughs> you're working hard to communicate this narrative that you're not working hard. I also think there's nothing wrong with hard work. Oh. Like, without, without being anti-rest... <laughs> Like, rest is good. Everyone should be well-rested if we possibly can. But I think we've gotten to a point where he's uncool to want to work hard. Do we oh, agree? Can shit. we get a show of hands? Is it, is it Did uncool? you just say no one works hard anymore? No, not at all. I think it's a different thing. I okay. think it's a different thing. Okay. I think a lot of people work hard. I think being defined by your work and loving working okay, is great. no longer cool. Right, okay. So work is a vocation that, rather than... People go, mm. well, that's because you don't have anything else in your life. And it's like, no, what if it's just great? <laughs> okay, there's some issues you need to unpack about being the girl yeah. in school. This is what people yeah. keep telling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Okay, let's go to another question. Um, are there similarities to toxic masculinity and girl boss culture? Creating ideals that can't be soft, vulnerable, or unique. What are some of the similarities that you might see there? If, if you see any at all. Um, what was the question again? Yeah, honestly, I just... But I will say, I'm gonna, not going to answer that question because my eyes glazed over and so I can't go back there. But do you know what I've tried to be... I've been trying to integrate a softer work approach, right? Because, like, I can be quite bullish in nature, but under the hard surface, I'm sensitive. So I tried it, right? I say, you know, you, you want to... You be the change. Create the environment you want to work in. So then I, at work, I'm like, you know, I'm not feeling well. I don't have the capacity to work. I'm emotionally um, drained. And then I get met with poking and prodding and questioning. And, you know, you can do it. And you, you can rise above and whatever. So I feel as though, like... Even if you are integrating your current practice with like softer approaches, the people around you pull you back into line and they say, okay, that's weird, don't cry here. <laughs> we, all, like, we, we, we all hate it here and we're just getting through it. Or if you say like, hey, like, I actually am like gravely mentally unwell, I need a break. It's like, oh my God, but you're so strong. Like you've never needed a break before. Like get back to your regular self. You know, and how can you challenge that every day from every angle? You'd be surprised people who are vehicles of girl bossery and do not identify as girl bosses. The, the day I say, I remember I said uh, the other day, I'm like, I don't have any goals right now. People, why are people trying to tell me what my goals are? No, but you want to do that thing, right? And you want, no, I don't want to do anything right now. No, you're just not being yourself. I'm like, look at what you're doing. Who do you work for? <laughs> you gotta watch out for it. It's everywhere. So, sorry, are there similarities to toxic Yeah, I don't know how to answer that We forgot the question. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Should we break it down? Should we sound it out? Similarities between toxic masculinity and girl bossing. Okay, what about another form of toxicism? Toxicity. Everyone has the same number of hours in a day as Beyonce. (laughs) Mm. Good quote. Um, Do you have any thoughts on toxic positivity Mm. and the downfall of the girl Mm -hmm. boss? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Jam. Well, firstly... Everyone does have the same number of hours in the day as Beyonce, but not everyone has the same number of people working for them in those hours as Beyonce. Like, if I could pay other people to do everything, I reckon I'd get heaps done. Um, (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) That'd be hugely effective. Um, And this is not dissing Beyonce. I think she set it up beautifully. Well done. (laughs) Good point. Uh, But, no, I do think there is something in there, and... I suppose I, I come at this as the, from the wearing my disabled, chronically ill hat, right? Um, I, I think there is a... I really copped the toxic positivity in a big way when I was unwell, the kind of, like, 
You are not the kind of person who will... You are a fighter. Mm. I just know you're going to come through this. And that thing where you're like, so the other people with brain tumours just didn't try? Well, maybe they didn't work hard enough. Maybe it's a thing. (laughs) Um, But, like, I I do think that we do that at work as well. We we sort of go, well, maybe you didn't do this. Maybe you should have done that. Maybe whatever. Like, we, we set up criticism for people that were never on an even playing field in the first place. And so mm. I do think, you know, I was reading a study the other day that was showing that men are more likely to be given really direct action in their feedback at work. Mm. So the boss will come in and be like, right, performance review, this is happening, this is happening. Now, if you want to advance, you need to do A, B, C, D. And women yeah. come in and they go, you know what, you're doing a great job, love. And like, I'm really, I'm really proud of you. And like, I think, you know, sometimes like, mm. like you're lacking a bit of confidence, oh but, like, but there's nothing specific. Like, okay, yes. what should I do then? Like, tell me something to fix or to change so that I can do better. Don't just do fluffy bullshit. That, is, that doesn't help anybody. I remember my performance review when I worked in PR, and I go in and I sit down, and she's like, after work drinks, you haven't been to any. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't drink, so not for me. And she's like, yeah. Oh, I don't know how to say this. There have been a few murmurs that... I don't want to say the phrase ruining the vibe. I really don't. <laughs> but I just feel like if, you know, you could work at... You don't have, don't have to go to drinks, you know. But people want to feel close to you. And so I'm like, so which part of that is just, like, personal, like, rhetoric and which is, like, actionable feedback? She's like, yeah, so work on that. So your performance was, review was, like, Flex, I think you should develop a drinking habit. Literally. <laughs> because currently sobriety is ruining the vibe and I just don't really feel like everyone else wants to deal with that. Okay. Where do you... I'm just, I'm just going to skip, skip one about the difference in leadership. Wait, what was that question, though? That everyone has the same number of hours as Beyonce and whether you think that toxic toxic positivity has led to the downfall. Toxic positivity. Do you just think it's because we don't know how to interact with people generally? Like, you know how... What do you mean? No. I feel like you ask an adult now, what's the difference between empathy and sympathy? They're kind of like, aren't they not the same? You know? I feel like... Just like on a day-to-day general interactions, I feel like people think that relating and supporting is toxic positivity. When somebody says they're feeling down, I empower them. And I say, you're a strong woman. And I say, you can do whatever you want. I don't think that originates in the workplace. I think that's just like a human connection people problem that gets exacerbated in the workplace because you have like four tools to use at your disposal. One of them is like feigning optimism. Yeah, I I don't, I mean, I think just on the toxic positivity question, like, I don't know if it's toxic positivity that's the problem or like an excess of positivity. I think it's just the disingenuineness Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. girl boss that that pushes this ideal of like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And behind the scenes, it's not fine. Or it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. And behind the scenes, it's not that. So it's fine for it to be this if it is in fact this. It's fine for things to be positive all the time. Weird, unlikely, but fine if it is in fact the case that things are positive all the time. But the problem with the girl boss pushing that, that narrative of toxic positivity Positivity, which is that it wasn't real. It was smoke and mirrors. It wasn't something that was happening and therefore something that was not sustainable. It was a, it was it was a, a house social, of cards. It was a social media projection, yeah. right? Like, this is what it's like here. Be genuinely toxic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what authenticity culture is really about. We kind of missed I that. I mean... We kind of missed that. <laughs> I think Kylie Minogue said it, babe. Better the devil you know. <laughs> you know, like... 
Okay. Uh, what do you think is next? Is the next girl boss term if this one is being phased out? So, what's next for the Ooh. evolution? What trend is coming? We've already talked about Gen Z and the idea of having, you know, this effortless "I don't work hard whilst working hard" type vibe. Mm. Um, but do, do you see any trends coming? Like post Wonderlust. I think we're going to get back to that. Do you know? Because you know when like people. So. The height of Girl Boss, like, no, coming off the peak of Girl Boss, imagine a chart was here. And then we got very heavy into the I don't dream of labor territory. And it was like, okay, sorry, please, I don't dream you, of you labor. You didn't get there? What? what, what you, that wasn't your feed. What is I don't dream of labor? You weren't on I don't dream of labor talk? You weren't there? Okay, can I, can I get a yes if you were there? Three, two, one. Yes! Yes! Okay. So this is how okay, hang on, we're going I'm back to being taken care of. Yeah, okay. So, I'm sorry, okay. just like, we are geriatric millennials. Yeah, you are at the other that. end. Okay, can we have a little coded. bit of respect I'm for your elders? Like you. Okay, no. So, so what happened? We've got, we've got the peak of girl boss. Everyone's like, this is not working. I tried to work really hard. I'm still not where I want to be. And then it flipped overnight, and everybody was like, I don't actually want to work. Now that I really think about it, I don't ever want to work in my life. I believe in hypergamy, marrying up. I believe in being a pretty princess, being myself. And that really doesn't like fit in with going to work, right? So it was like an overcorrection. And then the quote, I don't dream of labor. I don't dream of labor. And I was thinking, even if you don't want to work a traditional job, you will have to labor in some capacity just to live and function. But it became an overcorrection. And then from the I don't dream of labor core, we got into the soft life. Everyone's like, I don't want to live a hard life. I don't want to soil and toil, as if doing keyboard strokes is soiling and toiling. (laughs) I don't want to, I just want to live a soft life. And then working is congruent to that soft life, and therefore I don't want to do it. And so it just feels like we're getting to this point where it's like, okay, so you don't want to live to work, you want to work to live, but you don't want to work at all. You just want to live. So I think we'll get to Wonderlust Core, which is like, my purpose is just to be a soul in a physical body on Earth. (laughs) Right? And I'm just here to live an experience, and it's going to tie into the rise of astrology, which is strange for people who are like, I don't believe in religion or anything. It's like, "Mm, that is a doctrine. That is dogma. So we're going to go post-Wonderlust height of astrology and went into like this pseudo-spirituality core where people are like, I am just here to exist. Yeah. And then what's going to happen is that inflation, naturally, and then people are going to be like, oh my God, I have to work. And we're going to see the rise of spiritually coded capitalism. Spiritually coded capitalism. Is that four or is that five? <laughs> and that's, that's off it. the dome too. That was off the dome. <laughs> That is the trail. You heard it here first, people. (laughs) And maybe you didn't understand it. But but you heard it. Makes sense. You know how earlier you went all ooh because you thought I was saying people just don't want to work anymore? Yeah. And I said, oh, no, no, I'm not saying that. I think I am saying that. (laughs) Yeah. You're onto something. I just wasn't. I was on the wrong TikTok. Yeah, I'm on the yeah, yeah. I'm a geriatric millennial. I'm on yeah. the baking TikTok. Yeah, like, I'm not that. I'm not in that. If this does happen, can we can we find a way to credit me as source? Because I just feel like there is something there about you, you don't spiritually wanna, coded you don't capitalism. Credit it's the like collective. I'm life. I'm talking life coach, tarot reader, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, psychic astrologer. Girl, you got all these witnesses. 
If we, you Are we that phrase in the future? Can someone tweet that? <laughs> You'd be like, this is 2023 flex. <laughs> That's where this came from. That's where it originated. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of questions and I want to ask them all. So I'm doing a... a um, I'm trying to work out the one to finish on because we've got a minute and a half. Um, okay. Have we... This is, this, is, this is a closer because this is a really big question. And part of me is like, don't ask a big question at the end. That's very yeah, dumb. But I have committed to this. So that's what we're doing. Have we been sold the lie that we can do it all? Is it all just yes. a lie? Okay, we're done. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but I kind of like fantasy. Quickly, quickly. The, the, when they put that clock in front of me, man, I just get stressed. Because that's yeah. like 50, 49 seconds, 48 seconds. Yeah. Go, answer that question. We have been sold a lie. We've been sold plenty of lies. And I don't mind. I don't think I want to live in the harsh reality of the truth. You can, but I don't want to live in an erudite society where we're just like telling the truth, telling the truth, telling the truth, telling the truth. I just do think sometimes the delusion is fueling. And even if... It's the journey. You might not arrive at the destination, but in the journey, you thought you could. And that felt good at the time. <laughs> Should we do truth? I don't want to do truth. I don't want to do truth. Okay. Yeah, Jam, have we been sold a lie? Yes, we've been sold a lie, but I think there's a path out of the lie. Mm. And the only... Because, like, like men, men are mostly having quite a good time. So, um, Would you agree? I did see a man out front. Would you say I'm having a good time? He's having a... He's had the best. <laughs> Um, I love it here. It's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, going back to what I was saying earlier, you could have it all if your partner was doing something different. Right. And if your community was could doing we? something different, different. And we go out further and further. Like, I'm like, go back to the village. Yeah. I'm ready to go back there. Okay. I'm ready to have a baby and have... All these people who want to help me all the time. Yeah. So it's not so much that, that, that we could have it all or that we want to have it all and that we can't. We can have it all. Together. But we also want men to have it all too. Have it I all. I wasn't getting that. Have that didn't work, come through for me. Have the babies. <laughs> have, I mean, if we're doing all of it, why not have men do all of it? just wouldn't phrase it like that. You just... <laughs> We want men to have nothing. <laughs> Wait, but can we have it all? I feel like we can't. Or is that the tone we're ending on? So, like, positivity. I think that's the tone we're ending on. I just want to be sure. I think that's a... Look, I think... Okay, I think on that, that's a great point to end on. Can we have it all? I think we can't. Thank you so much, everybody. Watch this talk and others from All About Women 2023 on Stream, the streaming platform from the Sydney Opera House. Register for free now and start watching at stream.sydneyoperahouse.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon with more ideas at the house.